across the sea of character sheets, deep in the forest of D20s lies the mountain of source books. Welcome to the Mountain of Source Books. We hope you enjoyed your climb and your holidays. My name is Jeffrey Vincent Dale, and today we will be diving in and starting our playthrough of Henshin, a Sentai RPG by Cave of Monsters Games. Without further ado, let's get started on our character creation. I'll start by having everyone talk about their color playbooks. Which color did you end up going with, Steve? Gold. Gold, okay, that's right. It's actually a weird color for the game because they're designed to be done later in the game. Should I not have this one? I don't think it's a big deal, actually. As long okay. as it's not purple or orange, I think you're good. Yeah, I know white, you have to start as a different playbook and switch to it. Oh, I thought that was purple. Gold is designed to be one that joins later, but it's pretty easy to rework it. Okay. Yeah, that's easy enough. Probably what I'll have it be is that you are already a ranger, and then the other two become rangers in the episode. Well, isn't it? I was going to ask, because it mentions... A prodigy from another place or time. Can I be from the future? I think Silver actually is all about that. Actually, let me take a look at Silver then. The goat is supposed to be when it choose a connection. You could be a descendant, an ancestor. Like, it's supposed to be a time traveler or an alien. Yeah, I think that is gold. Oh, okay. Silver is someone who is a mentor who becomes a ranger. Okay. All right. Yeah, you could be a time traveler if you want. Okay. So we'll start with playbooks. And Jesse, since you are playing Red, we'll start with you. Oh no, don't do this. Alright, I am playing Benjamin Lugosi, who is... Are we doing the high school thing? I don't remember if we talked about that. I don't think we did, so we can decide that now. Yeah, that's probably helps. Talking about uh, actual characters. Actual characters, like where are they from? I mean, your character is from a different situation, but still. Okay. Okay, so I'll kind of describe Benji. He is the most generic-looking human being on the planet, but he has extremely enormous eyebrows, and has the only discernible feature of his like physical self, and he always wears a lab coat. That is the one thing he has. In terms of connection, I'm going to say sworn rival. Whatever that means, I have no idea. So we'll come up with a sworn rival for you as part of your supporting cast. I will describe the other colors later because I don't know them yet. <laughs> and then just to talk about Red a little bit, Red is very much designed to be the leader. They're also designed to be very hot-headed and absurd, which is, of course, the worst choice I could have possibly made for this character, which is why I did it. So yeah, they oftentimes, they'll, they'll fight, they'll be heroic, they'll jump into danger without looking, but they'll also feel for their team and, you know, want to be the person there. But, you know, they have to prove themselves. They're, they're, they're the hero character. That's how it works in Sentai. All right. And Teach. Okay, so my character, I did the pink playbook. Her name is June Ellis. She is kind of a quirky, outgoing type. She's super into retro old tech so cassette tape players record players a-tracks she is just super she's not particularly like super smart or anything like that she's just very eccentrically into that as far as looks go she's somewhat average looking her favorite color is green and she's gonna be more Practical type of wear. She likes to randomly dye her hair random colors, and I plan on bringing that up in play, potentially. Just, oh, your your hair is pink today, or, oh, your hair is orange today, whatever. And the connection is going to be tragically uncool peer. Okay. So what I'm getting is you have no people in your life who are actually cool, because 
so far from when I'm looking at this, nobody is cool in this game. <laughs> yes, nobody's cool. But a tragically uncool peer. I might have a character already in mind for that. We'll see. <laughs> All right. And then Steve. Okay, I am playing the Goad Ranger. His name is Zayden Steele. The Goad Ranger is described as a prodigy from another place of time, so he is from the future. Being from the future, he's kind of a mix of our races, a multi-catra, so he just has tan skin, black hair, he has goad lightning bots dyed on the side of his head. He also has a whole body tattoos of different Sentai team logos of all the past ones. So there's stuff that hasn't shown up yet? Yes, because he's from the future, so the stuff that's already happened and stuff in the current day future. Because he's also from the future, so far away from the future, his clothing, he kind of just looked up 1900s, 2000 clothing, so it's a mix of a bunch of generations that he uh, thinks is one. So he has like a 20s <laughs> Federa, a greaser jacket, a 70s tie-dye shirt, Jinko jeans, Crocs, and the cement watch. Jinko <laughs> jeans! His connection is an ancestor, someone from this time that he's related to. And I think he is kind of a... um know-it-all type person because he's from the future that he thinks like oh this time is kind of primitive i think he was kind of sent back this time because even in his present day he kind of thinks he's himself as a know-it-all so they sent him to try and learn from the past so obviously he was sent back in time because people were annoyed by him kind of kind of a training thing i think he thinks it's because he's better than everyone like they're like, oh, they need me to go back and save the future. But it's kind of meant like, you need to like learn your place and everything. Okay. What did you say the name was again? Zayden Steel. It is such a sick stranger name, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we had talked about we are teenagers endowed with monster powers to protect our town after the monsters were driven out? We'll discuss that, because that's that's part of the form of squad sheet, which is what we're going to be doing next. Great segue. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, so, first on the agenda, set a special effects budget and use every cent. It has to be extremely low budget. I know there are Sentai seasons that have actual good budgets, but not this one. Yeah, rubber suit monsters, definitely. I think that my, like, send-in from the future was very expensive, and they, like, blew out their budget on that. No, no, they had one set from the future, and they will reuse it every time it comes up. So anytime yes. there's a flashback, it's always <laughs> in this one room for no reason. Oh, yes. Yeah. Determine unique aesthetics from the squad concepts. I mean, we've already decided what our, our overall squad concept is going to be, because we're going with Monster Freak. Yeah. I was going to say, is that like the, because like right below the thing, I see it where she is, it's squad concept. Everyone write two simple concepts onto a separate Yeah, thing. that and... does sound like that's what that is. I th well, I think, I think, yeah, that is kind of like, normally in Sentai, it's like, is this scientific stuff? Is this dinosaurs? Is this, you know, mythical yeah. creatures? So like... That's definitely what that sounds like, at least. Okay, but as God concept is monsters. Yes. yes. Really want us to go to a spirit Halloween at one point. <laughs> Embrace diverse colors, personalities, and roles. We already did that. Guide tension between a color civilian and hero life, including with each other. What was supposed to be doing during the game when we actually play? Yeah. I feel like... There is a concept like introduce a idea ahead of time of what we okay. want to imagine. But I do think that might be part of the connection. I'm not sure, though. Because that does sound like that's what that is. There's a person in this setting that has some kind of introduction and stuff like that. It's like, this is important to the plot. Mm -hmm. I have some ideas for characters we can use for your character's connections. Okay. We could talk about that as part of the the part of what we're doing now. Yeah, I, I just feel like this is like we only, we're only going to be doing one session, so it's like 
Yeah. Putting a lot of extra characters is just going to make it muddy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm looking at Teach and Steve's characters, and I kind of feel like they could be each other's connections. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Teach, what was your connection again? Casually uncool friend. Oh. To be fair, that could be either of us. <laughs> <laughs> I was more thinking because of the whole clothing choices thing. <laughs> It is slightly yeah. more tragic, whereas mine is just, yes. I'm a complete dork. The clothing is very tragic. Yes. <laughs> and so you're trying to fit in in yes. high school with that outfit. And okay. I'm just... We could be. That works. Yes. All right. Power source. We were talking about having everyone have a, a ring. Yes. Power source. Class rings with your color in them. So, Jesse, you'd have a red ring, and Steve, you would have a, a gold stone of some kind, and then I would have a pink stone. That sounds good. All right. We all good with being seniors in high school? Sounds about right, yeah. Yeah. Although it also could be that technically it's seniors in high school, but for some reason we never graduate. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like this has been going on for longer than a year. <laughs> we're in a universe that just, we're in, like, the South Park universe where we just don't get older. You know, it's one of those things where each episode, it's actually every day is a new episode. So, you know, it takes 365 episodes. That's, like, 12 seasons. Mm, okay. So, you know, one year passes. Well, it depends on whether we're doing Sentai or Power Rangers, because Sentai has 50 episodes and Power Rangers has 30. Yeah, it depends on the season. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just doing a one-shot, so... <laughs> no, it's, it's all, like, stupid background stuff. Yeah. Next up is Custodian of Power. Now, Ooh. the one in the official setting is the Phantom, a classic monster who lost their powers and now lives alone in an abandoned theater. So do we want to go with that, or do we want to come up with our own? Ooh, okay. I don't mind using the Phantom as long as they, wherever we are, regardless, they live in the basement. <laughs> they live in the basement of the school. Like, there was an old theater in the basement of the school that is now in storage. No, they're an old theater kid that died. Yes! And... <laughs> so it's, <laughs> they are an ancient spirit. Technically, it's like 40 years old, but still, they were doing a uh, thing of the Phantom, and they got somehow connected into the sense of power, so they are technically aged and stuff like that, and they're also, like, mysterious and covered with half their faces covered with a mask, but they're also technically also a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Wow. Alright, we'll go with that. <laughs> Phantom is the dorkiest of... I was thinking we are the fingers. biggest losers. Yes, it's, it's, it legitimately is. It, it is it's just how it is. Love it. Former theater kid who died and is now, his spirit is now trapped in the old theater of the school. Now on to the adversaries. The big bad. The one in the book is... The hostess of the dark, glamorous monster who appears human, who is bent on terrorizing citizens and hosts her own late night horror show on cable access television. I personally love that idea. <laughs> I love the idea of whoever it is being very popular. The major problem is that I'm not going to want to fight this person. <laughs> being opposite of us geeks. Okay, so the big bad desires, the power source. Okay, so someone who's trying to take the power source, who's really popular, and so a, like a radio show host, you said? Cable access television, so think kind of like Sven Gulli. Or literally Elvira. <laughs> yes, Elvira's the more obvious inspiration. feel like that is someone we would look up to, though. That's all, actually, that is a very good point. Even out of character? <laughs> But in character, my character is obsessed with monster movies, so that is a problem. I mean, we could play with that dynamic. 
I, you know, you know what? I suppose it is a concept where it's like we don't know. So we don't know they're the enemy, but yeah, they're like like we run across heroes. Yeah, okay. We, we run across their minions and stuff like that, and it turns out, oh hey, that does sound like an interesting concept. Okay. And then the general we mentioned. Should we keep it, or do you think we should change it to be something meh, fitting with the TV show host? Honestly, I don't feel like they necessarily need to be a person either. They can lit- literally just come from whatever the source of the enemies is, and they just simply happen to be more important than the mooks and monster of the week. The general has to be someone that has access to us, so either... Oh, that's actually a thing? Is that something? Well, the general is kept on hand because they... Oh, wait, I guess not. Never mind. For some reason, I'm seeing them as, like, the, um, cameraman on the show. I like that idea. Okay, no. Okay, it is the cameraman on the show, so normally he looks like a average person with a camera except when he transforms into his monster self his head is the camera <laughs> there you go that's so like very silent hill yes feel. it does sound very much but yeah it's just like the image is just too much too good for me and the special effects budget that we're working with oh that oh. would be hilarious well to be very clear, it's it just needs to be a cut and it's now a man in a rubber suit. <laughs> yeah. Alright, I like that one. And to be fair, any transition between cuts can easily just be covered up by an explosion. That's a pretty regular thing. <laughs> yeah. I I'll come up with a camera based pun name for him. I love puns. I don't actually love puns. I love puns and the concept of writing stories about bad television. (laughs) (laughs) And then the foot soldiers could be like unpaid interns. (laughs) That is pretty good. I also just kind of want them to be people covered in sheets. Should they actually be like monsters from the movies? The thing is they have to be generic enough that they can reuse the suits constantly. Yeah, the the ones in the book are, are called Igors. Loyal, hunched-over minions that arise and return from the dirt? I don't know. For some reason, if they're just regular humans, that also seems... Oh, yeah, no, that's definitely a huge thing, because you're going to be basically slaughtering these by the uh, bucket full. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't too much of a fan of that idea myself, but I figured I'd bring it up. I'm just remembering GoGo5 with their little devil things. Weapons are like made out of like VHS tapes, so like the VHS ribbons, mummies, or something. Actually, the the idea I had was that the way that they summon the monsters was by throwing a VHS tape on the ground, and then it unravels into the monster. That is pretty cool. <laughs> and then, with my fascination of all things low tech and retro and all that other stuff, that'll probably that can get us to the connection between them. You have a point there. Expanding upon that, when we defeat a monster, it goes back to a cassette tape, and then we put it in our, like, videotape room. Yes! (laughs) I love it. I also love the fact that this is a low-budget show that is introducing in its plot point a low-budget show. Yes, a show within a show even lower budget than we can handle. (laughs) You wouldn't think coming up with foot soldiers would be this difficult. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, we can do the unpaid interns that just cover themselves in sheets and that's how they form. Well, I don't want them to be like humans. Yeah, a very common Sentai thing is to have people that like when they're in their civilian disguises always look human, but then they, like, grab the shoulder and tear off their clothes and they're really the mooks underneath. Even how that would be impossible to actually disguise yourself as. Now I'm just thinking about actual Sentai monsters and none of them are translating very well. Do you want to do maybe, like, gargoyles? It's it's an easy one to deal with, and it would definitely fit the aesthetic of uh, sort of an Elvira show where it would just be, like, in the background, there's just constantly statues. 
Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's true. And then when you defeat them, they break into stone, and it's just like, that's it. That's good. Okay. For the audience that don't know this, I watch a lot of Sentai. <laughs> <laughs> I've gathered that. <laughs> All right. On to weapons and mechs. So, it says, when your weapons combine, their ultimate weapon is blank. I think we have to figure out what they are first. Yeah. Now, the ones in the book for each of you, Jesse, yours would be dual daggers. That fits very well. And it's also a very Red Ranger thing where they usually have swords or something like that. Yeah. Teach, the one in here is for yours is the Flaming Unk. What is that? It's a symbol of... I'm going to put it in the... That symbol. It's pretty common for mummy symbology even if it's not really properly used yeah so we can we can use that and have it almost i guess act like a flamethrower or we can do something different if you want okay so this symbol is what on a glove or something generally the way they're usually used is they're kind of like a small like handheld gold necklace normal i would say that would be fine if it was like a character's thing when you're transformed it's a little different I would actually honestly say most of the time the weapons don't even show up on the person anyway. It's just like, we are taking our weapons out, suddenly we have them. Yeah, they just magically appear. Okay, so... What is that weapon? Like, is that a weapon? Like a staff? The way it usually... It's it's usually in fiction used as kind of like a... Very much like a cross, actually very commonly used in a very similar fashion. But it's inappropriately used in fiction as like fundamentally an Egyptian form of religious iconography, even though it's not really how that works. So for the audience, by the way, if you haven't Googled it already, uh, this thing kind of looks like very thick stick figure without legs. Yeah, pretty much. With a big head. I mean, alternatively, your character is a mummy. I could totally see using a bandage-based weapon as almost like a whip. Yeah, kind of. Or like lassoing enemies with it. How do you make a bandage into a whip sword? <laughs> a flaming whip. With bandages? Yeah, we could do bandages that you can send fire down or something like that. It's okay. a bad effect, but it can go on fire. <laughs> um, Steve, are you for the, the wolfman? I believe so. Yeah, okay. So we're not stepping on Frankenstein then, so um, you can also send electricity through bandages, which is a pretty common Sentai thing, too. Maybe she could just do, like, elements. That's a, Yeah, that's also very possible. Like, just basically, like, just different kinds of elemental attacks. Okay. And then Steve, the werewolf ranger, the, one, the, the weapon they list for that one is the lupus bite. It does not explain what that means, so... That sounds like it is a pair of gauntlets that look like a wolf head when you put them together. I was going to say, I feel like I actually just have, like, yeah, some claw, like... Yeah, they look they look like claws separate, but, like, if you put them together, it looks like a wolf head. Okay. That works. All right. So when they combine, do we want it to be, like, a ranged weapon or a close-ranged weapon? Well, I f- definitely feel like Steve's should be the base, since he's basically, like, grabbing onto it. Yeah. Should have just somehow found one giant monster-type weapon? The problem is, if we just use bandages as one, that's a very difficult thing to, um... Does it actually have to look like them put together, or is it... It doesn't really, because oftentimes they just make a big thing that's like, it kind of looks like the items put together. Okay, so let's do the dual daggers and the wolf head claw thingies are put together, and then I wrap my wrappings around it, and then it turns into something else. One of the daggers fits into like the claws as kind of like the base, and then the other dagger sits on top of that dagger, and then it wraps up together, and it just gets into a big giant sword, and then... Usually this happens, and the Red Ranger usually holds the weapon, and then 
like the others stand behind them and like brace them as the hit occurs. I'm very much imagining the Gal Ranger one where it's like it's just big giant sword. Yes. Big giant impractical sword that looks like it would fall apart if you actually swung it. <laughs> yes, and it, it does, by the way. It, hap- it happens in a, a, in one scene at some point. I cannot remember which episode it is. <laughs> but um, basically, it gets brought down and then just creates a big shockwave. And that destroys the monster at the end of that fight. But then they make it grow anyway. And then it's just like, well, what was the point of that? <laughs> that works. All right. I like it. And then on to the real stars of the show, the mechs. So very obviously we have a giant gorilla that when it appears, it's suddenly there's a trumpet. Wait, no, that's a, that's a, <laughs> that's a different one. All right. So, Jesse, yours, the one they have listed is the Mega Bat. I like Bat. I really like Bat. I don't know how you combine a bat into three different other, into two other ones, but I guess you can just do like torso and legs. And then the bat's like a useless chest. That happens pretty often. The bat could fly as the head. I was going to say, the bat would be good for like the shoulders and the head. Because mm-hmm. you, you could make it happen into wings. It's just very important. The wings could turn into like shoulders, yeah. And a very, common, a very common thing for Sentai heads is that they are just somehow inside one of them and it just pops out. All right. And then Teach... The one they have listed for you is a Nile crocodile. That would probably make for a good torso. Yep. Yeah, you could have the, like, it folds down, and, like, the top of the um, head kind of, like, points downwards. Or, sorry, the snout points downwards, so it's kind of like the eyes are, like, where the chest is. Okay. I can do the torso and the legs. Yeah, because crocodiles are pretty big animals. Yeah. Then that would mean Steve would definitely have to beat the arms. Yeah, Steve, the, the one they have listed is the dire wolf for your character. Makes sense. So the wolf can just wrap around. Two paws, kind of like a shawl, but... Maybe like a blade tail in one hand and then a, a biting hand in the other? Yes. Yeah. It, it doesn't actually have to be practical. They oftentimes fudge things a lot when they transform. Yeah. Yeah. Next up is the transformation. This is an audio medium, so we could probably just skip this part, but it's it's create signature hand motion that players use whenever they transform. I'll still be doing it, but I'm also very specifically, it's going to be the motion of a cape put over the face. <laughs> because that's necessary for my character. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say hold up the ring finger like your middle finger, but yeah, that's, that's probably a better idea. I'll do the same one, or do we all have unique ones? You can choose that, whether you want to have the same one. Usually, the, like, the transformation motion is kind of the same, although six rangers tend to sometimes be different. But the actual transformation, like, once you're transforming, you always have a separate pose that's, like, different. Mm-hmm. I think it should all have to do with capes. <laughs> like capes. Alternatively, s- since it is audio, we could just... Talk about, like, what, what is the transformation phrase that you have to shout out? That would be better. So many thoughts on this. I kind of have to, because if, if I'm calling the morph, it's constantly going to sound stupid. And just in case it helps, the source of your powers are essentially actual monsters who once lived. Yeah. Also, I have, I have to say, when we actually are, like, doing our roll call... I almost feel like we should just do numbers where it's three, two, one, because then I could be like, ah, ah, ah. All right. I like okay. it. So it goes like backwards, whoever, uh, which. Uh, so gold will be three, pink will be two, red will be one, basically. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's just, uh, just because I want to do a stupid Sesame Street joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My character is weird. Okay. <laughs> All of our characters are weird. Also, this is probably the only time I'm ever going to be playing a male character in this podcast. <laughs> and commonly for bestial characters, they will pound the ground and like get on the, like a weird little crouch and then do their pose. I feel like I would like do a hollow at the moon type yes. thing. <laughs> 
Which, of course, is also done when your robot comes in as well. Yes. Oh, we mentioned capes. Absolutely have to do a spin around, and then we're suddenly transformed. Because with capes, there's the motion of spinning. I don't know if we all have capes for whatever reason, but it would work. We need capes. We just do. We have a, per- a vampire that has a cape, and then we have a mummy, which is kind of wrapped, so you can easily do that. And they could also have the like shoulder thing that mummies consistently have in fiction. And then I don't know how a werewolf does anything, but you can have like a fur... Uh, like full collar. collar. <laughs> which also is a very common bad boy accessory, is they have the full fur-lined collar. Which is common for six rangers. Why I mentioned okay. that. So getting back to it, we're transforming. Yeah. The way that it works is you do the morph call. I, I'm still thinking about what we would say, like, like what is the it's morphing time? Should it be like old time horror movies? Should it be like action and like something Ooh. like... Lights, camera, action is not a bad one. I do like it. Yeah, the lights, camera, action. It's old timely movies who's being hosted by a dead theater kid. So we need an it's morphin' time, and then we all say what we're morphing into, and then roll call. And that's the three, two, one. Yes. Okay. All right. So, what is the central principle that the squad is fighting for? Public access television. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 my brain is so not, not there what, yet. As examples on the page I'm looking at has beauty, compassion, courage, fairness, helpfulness, honesty, justice, peace. I always like justice, but that's just because that's just how my brain moves to Sentai. Okay, so what can we do for a one-shot? Carriage, since it's like kind of our monster-based. I, I have a line from um, a Sentai that reminds me exactly what I, I'm thinking. The line in the original Sentai was, kids all over the world love baseball, how dare you use it for destruction? I kind of like <laughs> had that feeling of like, use that with movies. People love movies. How dare you use this to hurt people? Unity. Unity kind of kind of works there, yeah. And it works very well with a Sentai All series right. because that's the entire thing of coming together as a team. <laughs> Which Steve is going to constantly try and buck as the Gold Ranger. Yes, because I'm from the future. You shall just learn from me. To be fair, I probably should because my character is... He's too much of a goober to understand how to actually be a leader. He is like the nerdiest kid in school, but like in terms of like actual scientist stuff. So it's like he's not necessarily a dork in that sense. Like he's book smart, but entirely like incapable of social stuff, but not in the sense of like he doesn't understand it. It's just that he's too wrapped up in whatever the crap he's doing. Okay. In the, in the standard for um, Red Rangers, they're usually like either one of th- two things. They are either a extremely like perfect popular person, or they are a weird goober who shouldn't be in any form of leadership position whatsoever. Okay. It's one or the other. <laughs> All right. On to civilian life. So you were already talking about school. Basically, my character is like fundamentally what you'd get would be one of the smartest people in school, but only in sciences. So it's like, he sucks at everything else. So he's not like valedictorian or anything like that. He's just the science nerd in school. Okay. I'm only good at things I'm super interested in. Yes, you are like the most hyper-focused person. (laughs) Yes. I'm like a strange mix. Like, I've had really good education. But the issue is, is like some of it conflicts what what we know now. I absolutely believe that when you were first introduced, you were introduced as like the new kid, and yes, yes, you like 
beat every one of the characters like every significant character in the story has like their you know thing that they're good at and you were like perfect at everything when you were first introduced yes <laughs> but it's also kind of strange like i do math in like a strange way that no one's seen like when people our age see common care and they're like super confused this is like whatever the next thing three things in the future is, is how i do math but like some history things like I know, like, some old-timey things well, but I'm, like... You are terrible at history because you cannot remember what time in relation to where we are. Yeah, it's kind of like I get them well of 19, of 1812 and of uh, 2112 mixed up all the time. <laughs> and I forget which ones had the clones. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love the idea that you just randomly pop in with, like, future anecdotes. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Yeah, the clone rights. <laughs> all right. Uh, the name of the city in this this setting is Bell Hill. Uh, so do we just want to have want it to be Bell Hill High School? Sure. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what is their mascot, though? Home of the fighting. Well, I mean, this is like an old film town that like grew out of the film industry. So maybe something like horror film related. I almost feel like it would have to be a werewolf thing. I was thinking like zombies. I don't know if zombies are a common sports team, though. The werewolves are? Not necessarily werewolves, but like wolves, and it's like their mascot is a werewolf, basically. It's literally Teen Wolf. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. We could do the ghosts. Phantoms. 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 Because we also have the phantom in the the school. Yeah. Yes. The fighting phantoms. That's, That's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. All right, now, the next one, I have a suggestion, but we don't have to go with it necessarily. Okay. So for your base, I was going to suggest an old VHS rental place that's still open. Blockbuster. I feel like it has <laughs> to be the AV room, because if our mentor is under the school. Right. The AV room. OK. And it, it's definitely a place where. Teach's character would definitely go because you're your weird technology yes. stuff. And it's like my character already has obsession with movie weird movies and stuff, and then Steve's character in the show would have showed up later anyway. Why don't yeah. we ma- just make mm-hmm. our base where the ghost resides in the basement old theater that we cleaned up? I, well, okay, we can do that. I just kind of like it to being the AV room for two reasons. A, the, a place to store the tapes. B, whenever our uh, mentor first shows up, they show up on it like a TV turns on, they appear on the TV, and then they just kind of walk through in a bad effect the TV. (laughs) We don't have to do that, but I really like that effect. I mean, we could do that in the theater room. I suppose. Okay. It was the theater at one point. The reason he's dead is because there was a fire. There you go. Okay. Okay, so the base is in the lighting room for the old burndown theater. Okay. Maybe we could even have it so that it's like a separate building. Because I'm, I'm trying to think about how you would have access. Because a school would lock down after classes were over, pretty much. So we're making it a separate building? I, I, I feel like that works, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then the next thing we have is a location in the community that you all share. So we've we've got our command center. What's our juice bar? Uh, this could be like a video rental place. Yeah, that could be. That, that could be the video rental place. Yeah. Okay, who's our Ernie? Somebody who doesn't care about their job is common, or it could be somebody who's super into their job. But just really care about the movies. Yes. But nothing else. <laughs> And occasionally you go to him to to grill him for information on the monsters you're fighting because he knows the movie yes. so well. He could just tell you all that. <laughs> yes. The Ernie is the movie nerd that uh, knows everything about the monsters we happen to be fighting. 
Okay, so here's a very important question. Allah Ernie, has he figured out who we are? No, because he's involved too much in fantasy. That's yeah, true. I would say he only pays attention to the movies. <laughs> yes. However, would that would he also be the type of person that would like see the events of these monster fights as like a form of fiction? Or would he completely be completely like unaware that's even happening? I'm visualizing him reading a magazine and a sword flies past his head. He hears something, looks up, and then just goes back to reading the magazine. <laughs> like, totally, totally clueless. We could morph in front of him and he wouldn't notice because he's so involved in his uh, monster movie chat rooms and and stuff like that. I think he doesn't pay much... Yeah, but he, he probably doesn't pay much attention to the real fighting because he finds it inferior to what's on the movies. It's not yes. realistic. <laughs> it's not realistic <laughs> to the movies, yes. But also, I'm just reminded of Mighty Morphin when they would go off into a hallway, like, just, like, slightly off to the side, and yell out, It's Morphin time! <laughs> yes. <laughs> we got we got to talk about connections again. Oh, right. Now, Steve and Teach, it sounds like you're going to have each other as your connections. Teach is going to be Steve's ancestor, and Steve is going to be the tragically uncool peer because of cultural and history misunderstandings. Here's what happened. So at the beginning of the show, there were three of us. It was red, pink, and another color, which I guess has to be blue. Okay. Blue split from the team at some point in the show, which is convenient because gold came in after that. Yes. <laughs> Okay, gold may have shown up before, but it had been like, I'm too cool for all of you. And when blue left, gold came in as a character, as like a character on the team. So my okay. rival figure is the blue ranger, the former, or not necessarily former blue ranger, but the blue ranger who is like acting against us for whatever reason. Okay. Which who they are is another question, but. I would love if they made their own team and they made themselves the Red Ranger of that. <laughs> Connection doesn't have to be someone else in the group, right? It Actually, I think no. it shouldn't be, but it doesn't have to be. It, it, it can be, and it doesn't have to be. Yeah, I, I actually think in the book it suggests if you're just doing a one-shot, it's better to have each other ah, be okay. your connections. So I'm, I'm looking at the Blue Ranger. A, they're obviously the uh, snooty person, but yeah. they're absolutely my... Younger brother. Do you All want right. the Blue Ranger to be your younger brother? Yes. Basically, they are a uh, character in in the course of the show. They were the character that was with our group beforehand, but then they left to do their own thing for whatever that means. They may even have gained a different power source than previously because that happens in Sentai a lot. All right, I like that idea. I'll I'll think of some ideas for for what to do with the character. The big thing is the Gold Ranger is absolutely a Sixth Ranger character. And I like the idea that we had a member on the team who had shown up beforehand. I think that's a good idea. Because okay. you can't have a two-person team. That's impossible. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll think about more details about the character between now and our next recording session. All right, so that's our connections handled. So I think the only thing that's left uh, is your special turn. Says when you cast a mine, when you cast a spotlight on another, when the stakes are high, your next heavy move does not cost a token. Is that what they asked? Oh, oh okay. Yeah. So it, it it's like a special additional thing that's like it, this helps. So like when I take on solving somebody else's problem, they gain a token. Oh, the sad thing is both of you are like, though the other player gets a token, and mine is like. I get a token myself. Yeah, because you are absolutely the, oh, I don't need anyone else. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if we're just doing a one-shot, they suggest having everyone come up with one special turn from your past. Oh, this is a different thing. Okay. I was like, what? Okay, what is this special turn, then? Let's say mention something. We each have our own special... Yeah, there's literally a thing on the sheet called special called turn. Special turn. <laughs> That's just a move. Yeah. But it's not something we would make up, it doesn't sound like. 
Yeah, this is essentially an alternate use for special turns if you're playing a one-shot. Because it's not going to be like an ongoing game, you won't have a whole lot of opportunities to actually do a special turn in gameplay. Mm. Plus, this allows for more development. Previously. Yeah, so At essentially... At some point, I solved somebody else's problem, and they got a token for it. Yes. Hmm. I guess I would need to know what everybody else's problems are. I do not fully understand this time period. Oh my god, we had a montage. <laughs> and like, I'm I'm the one teaching you this, so at the end of it, it just falls apart because I'm also not really that up on what's going on in the actual world. <laughs> but I tried, and that's the important part. <laughs> okay. Alright, so that's the special turn for Red. Mine's also when you cast a spotlight on another when the stakes are high. So I'm guessing this is like during a fight. Yeah, there's like a significant fight where you usually try and take the spotlight. Yes. And you instead like threw it to somebody else. Yeah. So like I have a fighting and like, yeah, the monster's kind of about to kind of release its big attack, and I'm about to punch his weapon out of his hands with my claws, I kind of just hold him, face him the other way, and I let Benjamin hit the weapon and break it in half before it goes off. Okay, so it was it was an episode where we absolutely were not getting along. No, we've been fighting that episode. Yeah, so... Normally, you don't listen to what I say anyway. No, and I kind of have, like, a you-don't-know-what-you're-doing. Yes. I, like, it's, and this weapon, I'm like, this is past your guys' technology. Yes. If you did this, it would explode. So instead of me attacking, I realize that my claws, like, somehow my hand would be too close to this weapon, which would cause the issue. And I realize, oh, yes, sir, is a better thing for this. So I hold, like... Face it towards you, so you can attack the weapon safely. The first time we actually worked together as a team. <laughs> yes. All right. I confide in all of you while we're meeting with the dead ghost kid that I don't actually want to be a superhero, okay. and I'm terrified of doing this job, but I'm doing it because I know I need to. That's a very reasonable thing is like there's only three of us and especially yeah. now there's only three of us because there was supposed to be four, but nobody else is going to take up this mantle if I leave. Yeah. It's going to make things worse. That, no, that's a hundred percent reasonable thing. Yeah. I just want to like be a normal kid and play with my record player and a tracks and VHS tapes and stuff like that. I just, I don't want to do this. I just want to chill and yeah. Makes sense. I think it's especially good, especially like, yeah, it was Blue leaving. Like maybe you were like, oh, I could leave. And then Blue left and you're like, oh, now there's like. You, you had thought about doing this before that happened. And then that happened. You're like, oh, well, now I'm leaving. I'm Because it would just be completely broken up then because yeah. it would only be the two of you. Yeah. And on this episode, do we know that our Svenguli character is evil yet? I would say no. Uh, Maybe. I mean, if we want to, we could have this be the one where you figure that it could out. Be, that would give you even more of a reason why you wouldn't want to fight. Yeah. Let's do that. That's cool. Okay, so you, you want to find out in the episode we're playing, or do you want it to be the f that that was why you confided in them? Yeah, we... I found out that my idol is actually our villain, and it makes me just want to give up. But Blue left. Blue gave up, maybe because of that. And you two are angry about it. Well, I guess... We, we, already, do, we already don't really get along. Like, we do not work together. So yeah. you leaving would literally tear apart any chance of, like... A team yes, period. I'm. I am pretty much the glue yeah. that sticks everyone together. I am the only reason I make you two work together. I'm the middle ground. Oh my god, because your bandages. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
I fix everything because I'm bandages. Okay. Anyway. Oh my god. I love the accidental symbolism. Oh my god, I love it. Okay. Well anyway. Yeah, okay, so sorry, excuse me. We know we just found out that the character can we put a name to the Svenguli character? Her title is Hostess of the Dark. Hostess of the Dark, okay. All right, and that's, I believe that's everything we need. All right, and that's going to be it for this week. Please join us next week as we take these characters on an adventure in the Monster Freaks setting from the Core Rulebook. Our podcast can be found on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and our Mountain of Sourcebooks YouTube channel. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at mountain underscore of underscore source underscore books, and to follow our Facebook page, mosb-mountainofsourcebooks, where you can get updates on everything that's happening with us. And on all of those services, if you could follow, like, and subscribe, that would help us a ton as it raises our visibility and makes it easier for people on those various platforms to find us. And if you're feeling particularly generous, consider donating to our Patreon. You can find that at patreon.com slash mosb underscore 2022. And with all that said, thank you for listening. Be careful on your way back down the mountain. <laughs> <laughs>